This episode is brought to you by Houston Lucky of Keller Williams Realty. If you're looking for that dream home or that dream piece of property here in the beautiful state of Alabama, email him at HoustonLucky at KW.com for the rest of his contact info. And also, what's family if they don't believe in you? So thanks to Cantley Pittman, my brother, for sponsoring us. And last but not least, thank you to the Frosty Mug, a local staple, a local legend. Some of the best burgers, fries, and onion rings, and milkshakes around. Go check them out. Enjoy a view of the Warrior River. Enjoy their food. And most of all, keep supporting local businesses. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for believing in us. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. We hope you all enjoy. Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host, Drake Pittman. And I'm your co-host, Shane Murray. We've got a return, plus one again. It's our favorite publisher of the best newspaper in all of America, Mr. James Phillips. What's up, Drake? Shane, how's it going, man? Doing well. Can't it's complain. been Doing well since you kind of kindly featured us in Walker Magazine since you've been here, but mm-hmm. thanks for coming back, man. Yeah, no problem. I, I brought a, uh, I don't know if I can call him a friend anymore, but I, I brought somebody with me this time. <laughs> the Honorable Mayor of Parrish. Yes. Mr. Bubba Cagle. Glad to be here, guy. Bubba, thanks for coming, man. I told James, I said, I said when I was mapping out season three, I said, I want an episode with you and Bubba. I was like, I gotta have it. Here we are. We're a couple of weeks away from this season being over, and we're ending this one in just bang-out fashion. I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk some wrestling. We're not gonna say wrestling. We're not gonna disrespect it like that in this house today. <laughs> we're gonna talk some wrestling. But, uh, Bubba, before we get in... Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you're from, what you do right now, and your other gig that we're going to get into more a little bit here later. Right, so, just born and raised in Parrish. Uh, I currently, I, I, I teach at Parrish, and like you said, I'm the mayor of Parrish, so uh, uh been there all my life. I just love that place. Uh, uh, a friend of mine always said, he said, uh, he said, I love it more than it loves me, but we'll find out in these next four <laughs> years, and, and he may be right now. Uh, a few months in, he may he may be right, but uh, no, nah, I just I just love it. Want to see you know see some things happen there, and uh, but I've inherited uh, quite a, quite a job, I guess yeah. you'd say. Uh, uh, he asked his newspaper friend before he was going to run for office. He was like, "What do you think about me running for office?" And blah blah blah. And I, I said, "Dude, I wouldn't do it, but I know how much he cares about Parish, and and that's that's what comes to the top with him is that he cares about the town." He wants it to, to thrive as much as a small town can thrive these days. And uh, people don't know the amount of work that he puts in. And, and, you know, like he works a full-time job taking care of special ed kids. And then he comes home and he's got to think about the city and things that are going on at the city. It's 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 a lot on somebody. And yeah. it's, a, it's a really a thankless job, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's doing a great job at Parrish. Uh, he's, I don't know how good a job he's doing in the wrestling ring right now. You carry yourself better than most politicians I see. Yeah. You know, yeah. how does that feel being considered a politician? I, I'm not really fond of that, you know, because uh, <laughs> the way I feel about politicians, uh, so really not fond of that title. I don't feel like I'm very political. Uh, yeah. As far as, uh, you know, I'm just not. I'm not somebody out there even before the election, even now, promising a lot of things, and uh, I just ain't, ain't ain't up for the good old boy system and none of that. So that makes me a little different. Uh, just a good, honest, down to earth guy. Yeah. 
That's what you need. It, that's what I was about to say. You know, if we could get rid of these daggum politicians, get some straight up community servants, yeah. people that are willing to serve what they're representing, we'd be far better off. It's so hard to, you know, when you get up higher levels of myself to get elected unless you, you know, you, you're rubbing elbows with somebody, you're yeah. making promises and, uh, you can't even do the things you said you're going to do cause you owe all these favors. So, yeah. I don't, I don't ever inspire to, uh, to be anything higher than, uh, Mayor Parish. So no governor runs? Uh, no. No senatorial <laughs> runs? I mean, no. anybody can win those, apparently. Right. Yeah, anybody can get those. That's true. Uh, you know, I think the good thing about municipalities is that you don't have to, to say I'm Democrat or Republican or whatever. Yeah. You, know, you just and, – and that is where you see more people who just run because they care about the town, they care about the area they live in, than when you get on up into, you know, state senate, state house and – and things like that. Yeah. Even at a county level, it's it's a lot more political. Yeah, I wish they didn't exist. To be honest, yeah. I, I mean, it. it's the world we created. But uh, so what? What do you do? What's your nine to five or eight to three? <laughs> so I, I teach special education at uh, Parish Elementary Middle School now because we added seventh and eighth grade, and also uh, uh, coach the junior high basketball team there uh, the last two years. Uh, so. Got into teaching because I love kids. Uh, it's a pretty good gig for the most part. A lot of paperwork and special ed side, but I, I just like uh, – always been somebody who likes the underdogs, I guess you'd say. And, yeah. Uh, that's what made me uh, get into special ed. Uh, I, I haven't been teaching very long, just the last few years. Uh, matter of fact, I was uh, I was working surveying city of Birmingham. I had a really good job. I was volunteering coaching at Parish High School at the time. And, uh, man, I was just – I'd get off work and I'd rush to try to get there to get a little bit of practice in. And, uh, so man, I'm tired of doing something that ain't, that ain't with kids, you know. And, uh, I left that job just on the spur of the moment, just pretty much. Uh, and I started, uh, substitute teaching from there, become the custodian of Parish High School. And then, uh, when Parish closed, I become a, a aide and special ed unit at, uh, Bankhead Middle School. And as I was going back, started back to school when I was a custodian. And, uh, finished up and then i've been in it uh this is four years i've been teaching uh i was at summerton middle uh, and then here at parish well a semester i was in uh i was in pell city as well but it's been good it's, yeah. it's tough and you know it's one of those things i i don't ever wish to work outside again because i hate the heat <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh you see you know sometimes you always got that perspective of uh, just because I ain't out there sweating, or they ain't out there sweating, they ain't working hard, and I, I, I found out that not to be true. Uh, right. And, but I enjoy kids, man. That's 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 my passion. I, I always say people's my passion. I just love people, man. Uh, that's what we always talk about <clears throat> on here is the people in Walker County. Like, if we get in a rut, we ain't scared to climb out of it, no matter what it takes to get to where we want to be. And that's the mentality we all have here. We grew up learning how to bust our tails and right. If you got, if you got to eat crap for a little bit to get to where you're going, do it. Most of us in Walker County were born in a rut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, and you crawl your way out of there, um, to make a better life, you know, than what your parents have had. Uh, and I think that's what everybody in this room has done for sure. Yeah. Especially us, us empire kids. That's right. <laughs> I don't put Sipsy down like that. All right. We're the bottom of the rut. I mean, we can just start an all-out war here. We got all corners of Walker County covered right. now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and none of them, none of the ones that we have in here are known for being 
diplomatic. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> we may be the most dignified folks around there. I uh, think so. No. Really. Uh, but don't mess with me or Drake because we know where to put the bodies. We do. Yeah. See, so in Sipsy. It didn't didn't happen in Empire. Last seen Bubba and Drake walking into the woods. Uh Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a podcast about that. (laughs) I mean, as sad as it is. Yeah, and what's bad is like when I'm listening when I was listening to that podcast. Like I don't promote other podcasts unless they promote me. We don't mention names, but uh, when they were talking about all these events where they were talking about where everything happened. Man, I, I'm just sitting there listening to it. I was like, I know exactly where they're talking right, about. Right, yeah, yeah, everything. Like, I was like, God, that's kind of screwed up all this happening. That's the thing. It was like most people in Empire, they don't know when it happens until it's on the news. Right, uh-huh. yeah. Because yeah. everybody kind of keeps to their self. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but, uh. You don't want to be the subject of the next podcast. <laughs> right. But, or the uh, next Dateline show. James, what you been up to? This past, what, 10 months-ish? I've, I've been fighting coronavirus, you know, as as any good journalist has been. It's just been a, a, a crazy ride with trying to, you know, navigate that stuff and, and having uh, to deal with, you know, advertisers who don't have the money to, to buy advertising. Or, uh, you know, one thing we didn't have a problem with was subscribers. That, that number went up. Really? Because people were at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we sold a ton of digital subscriptions, especially. And uh, and now it's good to see things opening back up. People are starting to do what they always did. I can't wait to have a fun night at Tallulah sometime soon. You know, like uh, it's it's just I think things are moving in the right direction. As a newspaper, we're always evolving. I mean, that's what we talked about before. We're always doing something. Video. We just released a uh, full length documentary on the April twenty seventh tornadoes, mm-hmm. and I I had nothing to do with it. I did get an executive uh, producer title in it. Nice. Just because it's my equipment. <laughs> uh, and I did pick out one font. Uh, but other than that, I didn't do anything. But it was a passion project of a couple people at the office. And, I mean, it turned out outstanding. Yeah. We're, we're about to release it on iTunes. I think uh, even Prime is going to pick it up and let us put it on wow. Prime. So Sweet. It's be cool wow. stuff. And I wasn't even living in – I wasn't even here when it happened. Right. I was still living in Tennessee. But I remember driving home, and I was just like, Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a day – if you were here, you'll never forget, you mm-hmm. know, where you were and what you did throughout that day and even – the days after that right so it's, it's that was a tough time but i felt like our uh documentary was just outstanding and, and our folks did a good job and that was something that uh we made zero dollars on we we didn't do that for the money we didn't even try to sell sponsorship that was something we wanted to do for the community and especially for cordova so it's like being a human it costs zero dollars to be good so right. it's going to be good it was, didn't cost you nothing exactly <laughs> but uh i'm, I'm going to point one thing out our, our james phillips here he did get arrested over christmas I did get Twice. arrested. Yes, yes. Um, luckily, it was not for anything too nefarious. Uh, but I did put on a one float Christmas parade, and I was uh, I was booked, and I actually got away from the police uh, with with a little elf magic. If you have not seen that video, go back in the Daily Mountain Eagles archives. You'll yeah, find go, it. Go to our YouTube page, Daily Mountain Eagle on YouTube, and uh, look for the uh, COVID COVID Christmas. Is what it was called. COVID Christmas. Yeah. There you go. But y'all also have, speaking of YouTube, we'll go ahead and transition. It's a good segue. There you go. You feel like, I think you've done this before. I've, it's like yeah. you, you do this journalism thing. I don't know. I've been on the mic a few times. <laughs> but uh, y'all also work with New Era Wrestling. That's right. As James previously mentioned. Now we've got an actual wrestler in here. I'm trying not to get Andy Kaufman today. Now, you know, 
I have wrestled too. Yes, you have. So I mean, but, you kind of threw some shade on me there with. I mean, I've wrestled with wrestling. some demons. <laughs> right. here, I, here I just said I'm trying not to get Andy Kaufman. James about to pile drive me and break <laughs> right. my neck. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm referencing, go watch Man on the Moon. Right. <laughs> but uh, so tell us, Bubba, how you got into it, and then we'll go into James next. Uh, as far as wrestling in general, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah man, in general, something I always wanted to do, man. I I started going to Batwell Auditorium, uh, watching Continental Wrestling when I was like five. And uh, I think the fairgrounds had it some too, and uh, I was just hooked. Uh, parents, used, my mom used to say she thought I was gonna have a heart attack as a little kid. I get so upset. Uh, something I always knew I wanted to do. Uh, and then come around my senior year, that parish uh, football season had finished up after the first year. Uh, my dad was over at the booster club, and they was gonna do a fundraiser. And I'd heard Dora did had wrestling. I think they had Road Dog. Matter of fact, oh, and I, I was like, man, I heard they had a big crowd. If I dug enough in this closet right here beside us and my mom's old photos because i took them after my mom died there's a picture of me with road dog holding up his tag team title at that show right <laughs> so i mean his, his name was hot right there and yeah. i mean my i mean uh door was one of the first places around here to have him but i'd heard they had done it uh so i said hey won't y'all do wrestling you know and uh they actually uh they had wrestling i had wrestling at parish and uh, i talked to mike jackson that night action mike jackson i don't know if you know him he's still going legend at, at 70 years old 70 plus uh still walking the ropes diving through the ropes like a like a maniac but uh <laughs> unreal uh, unreal and i started training probably in the next month two months uh and uh got going in it loved it living a dream you know and uh getting to do it uh so i've been doing it for several years now i did take a break uh before my son was born for a few years, but pretty much been steady since then. Uh, uh, a few years ago, I mean, I guess well, first shows in Paris before New Era, the New Life Revolution. We did a few <laughs> shows. James actually helped with them as well. But uh, in the last, it's been New Era's been going for three years now. Uh, that was like ten to thirteen yeah. years ago, something like that. Probably it, thirteen years ago. It didn't go quite as good as New Era's went, but uh. <laughs> I wasn't the owner. We've <laughs> uh, been going at it hard for three years, man. We uh, we started out. Uh, our crowds were real suspect at first. Uh, really, uh, there's a good little fan base around here for this southern wrestling, but I think we've been able in three years to bring in several types of fans uh, from what they call smart marks or yeah. you, uh, you, your kayfabe fans. Your, uh, and it's a very divi- a diverse crowd. That's what I love about it. Uh, a lot of different people from different backgrounds. I mean, we got lawyers, and and then we got you know, you got you guys out there. You know, yeah, what can you say? You got your custodians, <laughs> yeah. I guess you should say, like uh, myself was. Uh, but uh, I think I, I feel like that's what's cool about what we got going, yeah. uh, and we've been able to hook some people in. Bring, I mean, heck, we've had Rhino, uh, Shane Douglas, you know, the franchise. Uh, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. Uh, oh, man. We've had guys from everywhere. And we're constantly – what's cool about New Era is a lot of shows around here. And we use a lot of uh, same guys at some shows that may be w- within a few hours. But we got guys that come steadily from Miami and Kentucky, California, that we're bringing in guys nobody else has. Uh, that's what's real cool, uh, I think, about us as well. We're bringing in talent uh, from Impact Wrestling, which used to be TNA. Yeah. Uh, we're bringing in a lot of those guys. Uh, sort of under the radar a little bit, but just some top-notch talent. Uh, At our our last show, we had an uh, X-Division title match. Like, how many indie organizations can say that you had an X-Division title match on your show? Yeah. Uh, you know, and so – and we had 
it was an impact guy facing an AEW guy. Really? Yeah. So we had, and we had people from AEW. We had people from impact. We had people from, um, what was the other promote? Oh, from Chikara. Have you ever heard of Chikara? Mm-hmm. Um, we had people from all over on that last show. And I mean, it was just incredible to sit around and, and look at the talent that we had. And most of the people who that we bring in that aren't locally grown talent are people who you have seen either on NXT or like AEW Dark or, or Impact. Do you have any aspirations to at least try to be a, you know do a job at some point uh, on there? Oh, man, I'd love to. I got to do a little backstage stuff, a little bit of Impact one time, but uh, I'd love to, man. I would. I yeah. uh, just hope might have done missed that opportunity. I don't know. I mean, you could be a CM Punk sitting on the side of a car for John Cena's entrance. Yeah. Right. You know. Uh, speaking, uh, I actually uh, spent a lot of time with CM Punk uh, back before he was famous. Uh, I just started out wrestling. I was green as green can be. And uh, I went to a training uh, seminar as a week thing in uh, Atlanta, Georgia with uh, Dave Taylor. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, William Regal's partner. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, Regal was there. Fit, Fit Finley was there a couple of days. And, uh, I went out there, and uh, it was supposed to have a beginner's class. Well, the other beginners dropped out, so I got through in there which with uh, CM Punk and also Chris Hero, who was Cassius Ono. So I'm in there with these guys. and uh, Matter of fact, CM Punk's trainer was working TNA's Wednesday night pay-per-views at the time. He actually wasn't there on Wednesday because he went and worked the pay-per-view. Uh, CM Punk's already, you know, he got a little bit of a name on the independent circuit, so got to meet him. He was He was – uh, he was different. I yeah. mean, he was cool, but he's just real. What you see, what you get. There ain't no fake about him. There ain't no what he thinks is what he's going to say type at that time. And uh, I actually seen him a few years later. Uh, got to speak to him for a few minutes and actually remember me. Call me Alabama. Uh, call me Bama. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so he was pretty cool. And just getting to be around somebody like that before they went long before he hit it big after that. He's know. got that hard Chicago attitude, kind of like we carry around Yeah, here. it's real similar. Yeah. yeah. But that's. You've rubbed elbows with like some greats. I mean, Chris Hero. I wasn't happy with how they did him in NXT when they turned him Cassius Ono, but Chris Hero. I, I've watched his independent tapes. Him and CM Punk had some oh, banger matches. And when you had him and Cesaro together as a tag team, yeah, they were Kings of Wrestling. Yeah. yeah, they were as yeah, good yeah. as anybody. He's getting a push now, and I'm so happy about it. Yeah, yeah. he deserves it. Yeah, man. it's way past time. So when did uh when did when did he pull a Vince McMahon and come in and take over? How'd you feel about that when well, he bought I, you bought your promotion? That was really that was a little over three years ago. I guess yeah. it was. Uh, I can't believe it's been that long. Like it's been a fun ride because it's like I told them when I first took over. Like I appreciated the guys in the back because I really am just a, I'm a newspaper geek that comes in and says, "Oh, I'm going to run a wrestling show," you know. And now I've been a wrestling fan, and, and we've talked about my story since I was little, and this is what I always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but to be able to come in, and I told him that's where my my first like character name really came from is the ringmaster. I told him I'm like the ringmaster at the circus because you know it is. It's a crazy family, and there's always something weird that's going to happen. Most of the time, there's things that happen during a card that nobody like you guys, if you're out there watching it, have any idea what's happening. But if we see it, we know things have gone wrong. Yeah. Or, you know, like you just never know. You might and say it's going off the ropes. It, it could go off the ropes every now and then. This is our pun guy, by the way. We've had several to go off the ropes and bang their head or bust their head open and things like that. And I, I'm not a medical professional by any stretch and never want to be. But I've had to help some guys at the back. And, you know, I mean, it's just 
things happen uh, in a live performance, no matter what it is. And uh, it, but it is, I mean, it's so much fun. Um, and and we've tried to to keep a style because Southern wrestling is a thing. Like yeah. if you look back to like the Memphis days and continental wrestling, and that's what both of us grew up on. We love Bullet Bob Armstrong and Wildcat Wendell Cooley and all these you know people that never made it to to WWE really. Yeah. But they were incredible. I know Bubba uh, when he mentioned some of his guys that, that really are are an inspiration. Like the Nightmares is a big one for yeah, Bubba. Yeah. Uh, and and those are a tag team that nobody's gonna know. You yeah. Know, unless you're a real wrestling fan. Yeah. And uh, and so we try to keep it very similar to the days of Southern wrestling, but we also bring in some. I feel like we're a good hybrid of like the Ring of Honor, New Japan, NXT type style. Yeah. With Memphis wrestling, and so we kind of cater to everybody. And our crowd, like Bubba mentioned, Rhino and Tommy Dreamer, they love coming and performing in front of our crowd because they're so into it. Our crowd's constantly yelling. We got a guy named Peanut that people think that we pay to come <laughs> because he screams at the wrestlers. He's got a little megaphone. He's going, "You're a coward! You're a coward!" You know, Peanut's and, about seventy-five. Yeah, he's old, old, really. Dude. Yeah, and if he's never there, people ask about him. Like he's as much part of the show almost as as people who really are in the show. Yeah. Um, but we had a lot of fans like that, and they all like I would say, you know, fifty percent of our fans, they're there, and and everything that happens, that's a hundred percent legit in their eyes. Now some yeah. fans may not think that, you know, but it's a hundred percent legit. I I got attacked one time a couple of years ago. They had wrapped my arm around the post and and took a chair to it. I got probably fifteen to twenty messages the next morning hey are you out of the hospital or are you okay you know yeah and uh and responded to each and every one of them because i mean they if they care about you enough to send you a message see if your arm's okay yeah that's a pretty good fan oh yeah so how did you how did you see james's talent did like when he came in and started like booking shows and kind of putting things together did you see as a natural talent or did you like this dude is watch so much wrestling he's got this art nailed down oh he was just open doors i mean just because who he was i mean yeah uh, get us in Swan Gym, places like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wrestling had been banned from Swan Gym. Really? Uh, for some shady stuff that happened <laughs> in the past. It had nothing to do with either one of these two gentlemen right here sitting in front of you. Exactly. Uh, but I, I had I had to call in a little favor to Mayor O'Mary to get us back in Swan Gym. And, and that's one thing that we've told our wrestlers, do not do anything to get us kicked out of here. Yeah. You know, but – I don't know who can save it if it ain't me. <laughs> I think my and Bubba may can speak to this. I think my creativity um, comes through on something like this. Yeah, yeah. But definitely not. You know, joking aside, uh, you know, James. I knew him for years before. So I already knew knew his. Uh, we'd already shared a lot of thoughts on wrestling and how things worked. So, you know, I knew that uh, me and him lined up in a lot of ways in that area. Uh, so definitely, he's definitely creative and definitely, uh, like you say. He's used to being in front of people, for one. He's used to performing, I guess you'd say. Uh, I'm performing but, 24-7. Yeah. But uh, it definitely, you know, definitely uh, what I like about him is uh, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna say what he thinks. You know, whether whether he's right or you think he's right or you're wrong, he's going he's gonna to give you your, the hard, honest truth that he feels, you know. Yeah. That's, That's what I like about him. <laughs> if you look at his Facebook page, you can tell he, he says what he thinks. Uh, sometimes he, he likes to get, he likes to fire some people up. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's always been my personality, and I yeah. just I, you know I end up in things that uh, help me to be able to do that more. Like you know, running a newspaper, it's easy to tick people off. Yeah, and uh, being in a wrestling ring, it's easy 
to tick people off sometimes. Like I, it's really sometimes it's hard for me to be the good guy James that you see all the time on New Era wrestling shows because the there's that little sneaky James on the inside that really likes to come out Just sometimes, you know? fighting, yeah. fighting them inner yeah. demons. And I had an opportunity to be a uh, a bad guy uh, recently at a wrestling show, and that was a that was a lot of fun. It's good to get people to yell at you and and you know hiss and throw tomatoes or whatever. Yeah. You know? Everybody's got a natural jerk inside of them. Right. Exactly. Mine just, uh, is uh, very natural. So, it might be hard. So, <laughs> it might be hard. So, it's hard sometimes coming out there and getting a crowd to like you that don't know you or have any reason to like you. Right. But it, it's not very hard to get them to hate you. Right. Yeah. And it really is hard to be a um, a person who's the supposed to be the goody goody guy all the time, you know. And um, that's what that's what I am being the owner. I can't be a bad guy, you know. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna pull this Vince McMahon stuff. Yeah. Um, especially when you got friends that can be a little shady sometimes. Everybody likes the authority figures being bad guys, so it's nice to change it up every now and then. Right, right. <clears throat> Painted in a different picture. Um, so when at, for both of y'all, you know, whoever wants to go first, at what point did you have realize you had a knack? Like, you know, I'm actually kind of good at this. You know, after you put in all the work, you know, you're kind of questioning your abilities. But what's that moment where you realize I'm kind of good at this and I can kind of do something with it? I guess when you uh, the feedback when you when you hear it from your peers and you hear it from people that uh, you know that straight shoot you, you know, yeah. ain't guys that's trying to butter you up. So I guess that's when it really really hits home. I, I'm somebody I have a hard time believe in any hype about myself yeah it really takes somebody else to, to make me believe it uh i guess i don't want to think too highly of myself um some people may not believe that to be true about me but it, it is it is very true uh yeah. about myself and uh but it does feel good uh when you get the reaction from the fan that's also the feedback you know get the reaction that you want and you can have them and you can give them that that emotional moment uh i think that's uh that's uh that's confirmation there. How many get? How many pushes and new, new gimmicks have died because there was no crowd reaction? You know that's it's a lot. Yeah, like a people, lot. people are like they like WWE will hop it up for so long and they'll just kind of right. You know, look at WCW with Glacier. I can't. Remember, they spent like unreal Months. amount of money, like yeah, and thousands of dollars just on that suit. And it's crazy what they even spent for it on. But and it just it didn't get over. You yeah. know. He sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when Sub Zero can't actually turn somebody to ice, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's actually a good wrestler, and he's actually a pretty cool guy. Uh, actually, he came to the door too. Yeah, uh, since I've been wrestling, uh, he was a cool guy. But uh, the gimmick just uh, yeah. it's one of those that he might have high hopes, but like you said, once it falls, it falls. But it was so bad, people remember it though. Yeah, solid. That's point. that's what I'm saying. If you're gonna tank, like, yeah, you might tank as well big. tank hard. Yeah. But what's crazy now is things like that that didn't get over then, it may would get over today. Yeah, uh, there's a crazy independent scene where, like we was talking about the Chikara stuff. I mean, uh, there there's the invisible invisible man wrestling the invisible man. You got this ref in there. I mean, there's some crazy <laughs> stuff going on that's getting over. Yeah, uh, that uh, it would have been like you'd got blackballed for ten years ago. You know and uh, it's just crazy how it comes in waves, and it's like it seems like we're wrestling. It's like uh, sports uh, centered wrestling, you know, for a while. And then it's it's gimmicky, you know. It's yeah. more character driven. It just sort of goes in waves, man. And it seems to be uh, a little bit of both, I guess. Now, but characters are really important right now. They really, really. Uh, I think at the end of the day, that's what's gonna 
what's going to put butts in the seats. I, right. think, I think WWE being in the Thunderdome, being able to make the cuts and stuff, you know, that's what's allowing some of this real creative gimmicks. Like, yeah. the Fiend and the stuff they've been doing with him recently and Alexa right. Bliss, like, it's kind of, it'd probably be really hard to pull that off in front of a live, live crowd. Now, the Fiend's WrestleMania entrance this year was freaking dope. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. I got chills watching that. And then you... Put Randy Orton over on Yeah, him. I was kind of pissed. <laughs> so, you know I mean? But like, if, you, if you watch the trend of WrestleMania, if you get a special entrance or you're in a nice outfit, yeah. you're probably going to lose. Yeah, you're going down. Now, yeah. here's your moment, kid. You're going to put this guy over. You, uh, your question you talked about yeah. as far as like knowing when you had something. Yeah. For me, it was a little different because, you know, I didn't grow I, Bubba's been doing this for, what, 20 years more? Like, what? Close to it. <laughs> he's, he's older than what he wants you to think. But... You know, don't um, look a day over twenty, Bubba. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Me stepping into it from an unknown, my first thoughts were, okay, is anybody going to listen to me? One, you know, because I'm just walking in here out of it. So when the wrestlers started coming to me after a month or so and saying, "Hey, what do you think? Do you think this works in my match?" Or blah, you know, that was huge for me. Like that, that made me think, okay, I'm really, I'm part of this deal. Yeah. Um, and then. To be able to, after the first few months, like, you know, wrestling in Walker County has always been pretty much the same deal. It was about the same five wrestlers, you know, and then they'd, they'd bring in a couple other guys and they'd put on four matches and really they, they didn't mean anything because there wasn't a storyline. Like, nothing ever continued. There was no continuity. It was just, hey, we're going to have four matches. Yeah. And so, um, taking over New Era, naming it New Era, all that stuff, like, it was all different. Like, we immediately started building from one show to another and, and the storylines we, we'd have a storyline to start it wouldn't end for i'm still feuding with a guy for three years right now like <laughs> it just it just keeps going and and to be able bubba mentioned it just shortly but to be able to do something um creatively and then to see the fans react the exact way that you want them to react that's like a high yeah like to be able to go wow i caused that or me and the, the the wrestlers together were able to cause this reaction that that only we could have done by this certain way. It's incredible to see. Like I love it. I know this is outside the show notes that we talked about earlier, but has there ever been a match? You know how when we watch some of those matches, we get the chills because of the emotion that it evoked. Has there ever been a time in your own match where you've gotten chills because you're like, I'm putting on a show right now? I guess uh, March. Uh, of last year, right before COVID hit, uh, right as it was starting to hit with the Bevel State, and uh, actually, I finally won the belt, and it was just that a, mo- a moment. Uh, it was, it was very, it was a real, it was real, a real moment, yeah. and real emotional. And even our cameraman, he had said, you know, he's like, man, you pulled me in, you know, you had me, yeah. you know. And uh, when you can, that's that's probably one of been the most most emotional things to me because even though what you know about wrestling, everybody knows about wrestling these days. Winning that belt is still, it was still a milestone to me. And, and, and after the match, I had James, I had uh, Dawson and some of my friends in there uh, celebrating, you know, and that's, it was very real. So yeah. it was a very emotional moment in, in that match. And this, uh, man, when the fans get behind you, uh, it's, it's just something special, you know? And, it, uh, and one thing I was going to say about wrestling is so special. Uh, you know, you can have this whole idea how you think this ought to go when you get out there. But the fans always say if the fans uh, want steak or want, they want a hamburger, you don't feed them steak, you know. Yeah. Sometimes 
So you got to you got to adjust on the fly, and you got to give them, you got to work to get their approval and to get the reactions you want. And that's what's really cool about wrestling. You know, you just can't go out there and say, oh, "I'm gonna do this, this, and this," and it's gonna work. It it don't work. What works in Jasper may not work down in Piedmont on Friday night. Yeah. You know, and that's what's really cool about that. But definitely the, I like the uh, the build up, the emotional build up we did to to get me to that point. Uh, that's what made it so emotional. Is uh, uh, well, the fans were invested in in that storyline, and they were invested in Bubba because they love him and they've loved him forever. Uh, he's just good old Bubba Cagle, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that was if you go back and look at the video of that night after he wins the belt, there's me hugging him like that was not a part of the show. That was my friend just won a championship, and like we're there with tears in our eyes hugging each other. Yeah. Now two days later, I found out he had had COVID. So I wish I hadn't hugged him so much. Yeah. <laughs> number six in the county, by the way. I was number six. Number six. Had a boy. I tried for number one. But. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, what what gets me is, you know, I've got anti-wrestling friends in some of my circles. They're like, you know, I don't, I just don't get why they get so emotional after they win because it's predetermined and stuff. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this is the, that's the moment that signifies them that all this work they've been putting in to bust their ass that's the payoff like, right that that's what you want I mean, you don't want to be just known as a good worker your whole career and not want a title shout out to a few of my favorite wrestlers <laughs> but you know it's like that's the emotion you you always get and that's carried on through all the years that i've been watching wrestling like, that that emotion you can tell it's real because you can tell like some of them are terrible hulk hogan is a terrible actor yes but you can tell when he had like legit emotion like uh when he faced the rocket wrestlemania that year when they were just standing there looking around i was like that's real yeah like i don't care what you say about wrestling that moment right there that's real right it's still real to me damn it (laughs) (laughs) the same people get emotional uh same people say that things to you they get emotional over a movie yeah uh, or a sitcom yeah Yeah. you know it's yeah my wife cries at just about any show she can turn on on tv but then doesn't understand why i get so into a wrestling match yeah i don't understand people like that yeah i don't i don't get it I love getting emotionally invested as a fan. Still, you know yeah. that's like whether it's a TV show or it's a wrestling match. You know, I, I mean, that's the suspend disbelief for a little while, and just almost you start you either sympathize with the character or uh, it's and wrestling is just a live uh, version of it that can can twist and turn. Yeah, uh, that's you know we live in such a emotionally fast pace. Like you don't have time to sit down and just you know reflect on process things. everything right. like you should so when when you see these emotional moments on tv i feel like that's also some of the shit you're holding on to right. finally coming out right like well i that's want people it, to see even if i'm not like if i'm not in the ring as a wrestler but a lot of our shows i'm doing commentary i want people to see the emotion in me like there you can see and i'm doing like this or i'm screaming um and like it's so much easier to do commentary in a live moment we had to do one a couple shows ago, uh, we lost the audio file, and I had to go back and do commentary. Just, oh, man. you know, and that was so much tougher than what I thought. Yeah, and Bubba did commentary uh, with me a couple few shows ago, and that was interesting to have a different dynamic. You know, oh, that was yeah. fun. That's the best gig in wrestling. I yeah. had no idea, and I probably wasn't very good at it. But it, I had the, some of the he, most he fun terrible. I've ever had in wrestling because <laughs> I just I just I had a blast. Isn't it fun when you bring your friends in to do things with you? Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, totally. You know. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and the other night, we there was a show at Lupton that was a fundraiser. Yeah. And I, got, I, I went out and, and made a match for our title, but it was it was not our show. So I got to sit in the front row the rest of the night. I was the biggest fan. Like, I was screaming, you know, and, and that's just that's how I was when I, I was a kid watching yeah. it. So uh, what's something, since you've been, in, you've been in it for a while, James, you've been a fan and been in it for a while, what's something you've learned that you didn't expect you were going to learn through this whole thing? I mean, the first thing, and it may not be exactly what you're asking, was how bad, how bad. I knew that ring was going to hurt, but I had no <laughs> idea those ropes and those corners was going to hurt like that. But, uh, I mean, just hitting that ring the first time was, was such a rude awakening. Uh, it was very, very uh, – It's not know, just wow, a padded that's cushion. Not a, that's not a trampoline, you know. <laughs> I mean, I knew it wasn't that, but I didn't expect uh, what what I got when I, I hit. And I guess uh, – also, I guess I didn't expect uh, – I can be cutthroat. It can be sort of cutthroat in a locker room, I guess. Uh, uh, sometimes people are looking out for their own agenda. But at the same time, on the other end, it's, it's very uh, – it's a big brotherhood too. Uh, you just got – you got those – you got the selfishness yeah, yeah, yeah. that comes in there. But uh, overall, I guess the brotherhood, I guess uh, that's something I'd been looking for. Uh, you know, I, I was finishing up my football – high school football, and uh, that – I always say the things I loved about football, I like football, I like the game of football, but the things I loved, I loved the camaraderie of the team, and I loved coming out there on Friday night and getting cheered. I loved that moment, you know, yeah. when you run, on, run through that tunnel or whatever. So, wrestling gave me those avenues again, and uh, so I guess that's one thing that shocked me to really have that brotherhood uh, again. I I'm the same way. Uh, the first thing Bubba mentioned as far as the ring, I was uh, 40 years old when I took my first body slam. And there is no feeling like going from on your feet to going upside down and then slamming on a hard mat. Like, yeah. there was no way to prepare for that. And it was crazy, but I loved it, you know. And my wife would, uh, she did not want me doing any sort of wrestling. I mean, she didn't even want me to get involved in on this thing. She sure didn't want me to wrestle because she's afraid I'd get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first first time that I was training, I said, I looked at this guy and I said, hey, when she walks in, body slam. And she walks in and she was like, how's the training been going? I said, oh, it's going great. Watch this. Turn around. He picks me up, just slams me down, you know. And she, you can see the look on her face like, <laughs> oh, shit. My husband just got <laughs> broke, you know. And, uh, and so, that, you know, that. And I, I guess I can talk a little inside baseball with this. Um, learning how to to fall is very difficult. I still can't, like, force myself to just take a bump and fall backwards. Um, I need to be involved in the ring. Now, if somebody comes at me and, and clotheslines me, I'm going to fall because they're going to clothesline my head off if I yeah. don't. But just standing there and going, okay, buddy, I want you to fall backwards. It's difficult. Like you don't understand that until you try it. So these dudes that really sell like a hard clothesline, like JBL's clothesline, that do the flips and stuff. How much talent does that actually take to pretty much flat foot, just a flat back flip like that? It's pretty talented. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, but I'm not the most athletic. I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, I take bumps kind of like Dusty Rhodes did the last, you know, ten years of his ooh, career. Okay. Not, a, not a lot of bumps on yeah. the James it, side. It amazes me some of the things these guys do. Uh, it really does. Uh, Going back to the bump, I uh, I sort of I told James I've told other people that when they're training, 
it's almost like slapping yourself. Yeah. I mean, your mind's slow. You right back. It's hard to slap slap yourself. I mean, something stops you, and that's mm-hmm. the way it sort of feels when you uh you you having to do that for the first time, especially when you having to do it just trying to do it on your own without anybody hitting you with anything. So it's better uh, if somebody hits you, or the real trick is they they sneak somebody behind you and schoolboy you. Yeah, and just push you over somebody. Stone yeah. was so disappointed. His son Stone <laughs> he was, was disappointed. so disappointed. <laughs> He's sitting over there on the bleachers and he's just shaking his head. Just like, <laughs> I, I feel like I know I've had, I've had three matches now, right? Counting my heel run at uh, at Pro South. Yeah, I've had two matches in newer wrestling. Uh, the first one I think I did pretty well. I was in a six man tag team match. Mike Jackson was my partner. Hey, uh, and uh, and we won, of course. I hit the stunner. Stunner's my finisher. Um, and then uh, my second match started a riot. Really? Yeah. Like a, I mean, a legit riot? A legit riot. <laughs> we had a manager working the crowd. Oh, yeah. We, and a, yeah. a lady jumped over the ropes and punched the manager straight in the face. And then her husband, who was wrestling me, saw what happened. And he jumped down and punched the woman straight in the back of the head to get her <laughs> off his wife. Good Lord. And I think that that video got about a million and a half views. Yeah. And the boyfriend came of the girl. Who jumped originally? He came. Another wrestler took him out. He's bloodied up. I mean, <laughs> he, he he come to be hero. He, he didn't last long at all. And then but they he brought decided, a knife to a gunfight. Right, but then they decided we got to get the hell out of here because what was about to happen and what did happen was our whole locker room emptied. Yeah, and those people were about to get beat down, mm. and they were going to get arrested too. Yeah. But they got the heck out of Dodge before. I don't the care which. Got there. I don't care which thing about wrestlers, y'all. Yeah. Y'all, y'all got a brawl. Right. Yeah, you got to know when you go over whatever the boundary is, you're opening yourself up for any and everything. Yeah. Right. I yeah. remember when that one dude jumped in the ring and pushed, a, I think it was Eddie Guerrero, off the ladder. Mm-hmm. When Eddie Guerrero started throwing those stiff kicks at him, I was like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is a perfect segue, though. Is one of us sitting here did go over the barrier and jump in a ring at Monday Nitro, and it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't me. It wasn't me either. So we was talking about getting invested as a fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Bubba, you got to tell us the story. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, Hulk Hogan's even involved. We'll go, we'll call this our story time from the sixth floor. Yeah. yeah. This might be the best one. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> nobody's topping this one. <laughs> so it's Monday Nitro. You know, uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, he he's wrestling. I think uh, Mike Awesome and uh, I think Billy Kidman was out there as well. And. Uh, so I just been talking about it, and the bad thing was my stepmom had got me. She worked in the box office, so she got me second row tickets. And uh, it was, was her there, fault. No, yeah, was pa- there with my older brother, my older brother, and then I had a little brother and my little nephew, and uh, we're there. And I start kidding around about it. it. They have a little intermission, and my dad and my stepmom they're sitting on the risers a little bit. And I walk back there, and we start kidding around. My dad's like, "Boy, you better not. I ain't playing," you know. So I'm just joking. I mean. I'm just joking at this point, but as you start, a 16-year-old boy oh, yeah. was te- full of testosterone. And, it don't uh, take much to convince no, you. My, and my older brother, he starts sort of nagging at me a little bit, just carrying on at me. I don't think he, for once, thought I'd really do it. <laughs> and I start getting pumped up, and then I'm, I'm thinking about it, thinking about it. Sting comes out there in the, about the middle of the show, and I'm like, eh, do it now, then I'm going to miss the rest of the show. You know, I'm a big fan. I want to I see the show. So well, you I, had a plan. Yeah. Respect that. So Respect that. I start watching the Vince Staff guy right there, and he's talking on the other side. He ain't paying us much attention. And uh, I finally, man, I just finally, about I guess there was two or three minutes left on TV in the main event, you know, and I was like, it's now or never, you know. 
It's just one of those split-second moments where you make a decision. I pulled everything, phone. I had a little prepaid phone then, and I think I had a camera I was taking pictures with and everything. I handed it to my older brother, and I just – I go. Go. And when I go, the part that I remember the most is my feet hitting the floor over the bear crate because my thought was there's no going back now, you know. You're here. Well, you got to make it to the ring at this point. <laughs> and my next, the next thing I really remember when I went to slide in the ring, it was a little higher than what I thought, and I didn't go as smoothly as I thought it would. <sighs> and going back a little bit, I took my my nephew had bought a sting mask. My little nephew, <laughs> I borrowed it. Uh, so uh, so I slid up in the ring. Hogan, had, by that time, he got a cheer after the match, and he run them off or whatever, and he got them. They're on the outside of the ring, and. I just slide up behind him and I just I pull off my sting mask and I'm just wow, yeah, I'm just fired up. <laughs> and at that point, uh, I realize this is going to end bad. At this moment, yeah. Yeah. Bubba knew because okay. he getting stared down by Hulk uh, Hogan, who so, is thinking, "Why is this guy in the ring?" You know, Hogan, Hogan just sort of pretends I'm not there a little bit, uh, looks over his shoulder, but uh, security they start coming. And I said, well, they're going to get me or I'm going to try to get out. You know, I knew I wasn't getting away, yeah. but I did not want to get power bombed in that ring. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I tried to slide out when I did. Uh, Billy Kidman, actually, uh, the security was trying to take me through the ropes. He, he made them take me under it. And by that time, the New Bloods, uh, they sort of did like what Gangrel and them done. They dropped that blood on uh-huh. Hogan, and I'm covered. I had long hair, so I'm covered. That that's uh, My hair stuck to my face. Uh and then they're handcuffing me down on the floor. Now I went from uh, excited, fired up, adrenaline to scared to death. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what What have you done now, Bubba? What have you done? And uh, so they they, they they were pretty mad. I mean, they were upset because I made them look stupid. You know, yeah. Security wasn't exactly where they were supposed to be. And uh, so they roughed me up a little bit. When they handcuffed me behind my back, they yanked my arms up, end up pulling a muscle on my back. Anyway, mm-hmm. walking back, and they're just all cussing me, to, you know, mm-hmm. Some of them are just looking at me, and hey, I'm just glad to be back there. You know, I'm like, wow, hey, you know, I'm walking by. <laughs> he Russo. got a backstage tour. Russo, uh-huh. uh, I remember walking by uh, uh, Tory Wilson and uh, Russo, uh, Vince Russo and uh, Eric Bischoff. I remember walking by them, and the, but after I they got me out of the ring, the run in that happened after that was Shane Douglas, it was uh, Buff Bagwell, and it was uh, Big Papa Pump. Scott Steiner, so he would have killed me. I yeah. mean, thank God they got me out because he would. I mean, he wouldn't have cared. Sixteen, twelve, or how old he would have killed me. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't be telling this story with a smile on my face. But uh, they got me in the back anyway. They finally uh, uh they got the paddy wagon, so they had me. They walked at me out of the what do you call it? I mean, wherever was parked cars or whatever, and they're walking yeah. me out. And the vent staff guy is out there, and there's people out there waiting for the wrestlers. You know, when they leave and. Uh, to get autographs and the, the people just start cheering. You know, it's probably 20, 30 people, you know, they're cheering. And that event staff guy, he was mad because he was the one that wasn't doing his job. <laughs> and he was like, star for a night, star for a night. Long story short, they ended up putting me in the paddy wagon. Uh, and then the cop come and got me, carried me to Bessner to a juvenile. And they were some serious looking kids in there. I'm telling you, <laughs> I thought they got to get me out of here quick. Yeah. Uh, See, this was the valedictorian of Paris High School. <laughs> I mean, to your defense, though, going in covered in blood, I don't think any of them serious-looking kids uh, wanted any problems right. with you. I was, I was I was, really upset by the strip search. I really was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, guys, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. And now he asked for those is the funny thing. <laughs> he, he didn't like it then. Yeah. So you mentioned some of the guys that have been on New Era that you know came and visited. Did you talk about this with any of them? 
I mentioned Shane Douglas, not Scott Steiner. No. Uh, yeah. Still not quite sure where he stands. <laughs> oh, I, he didn't, I saw I owe you an ass whooping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, didn't, I just didn't. But that is the funny thing. Those three guys were the ones coming in, and Bubba has worked with – he worked with Buff a lot in his early days. Really? And yeah. and now that he's worked with uh, Steiner and, and Douglas, and Douglas was a basically a dream come true for, yes. for, for Bubba. That was one of my huge. all-time favorite there. That's crazy. And, and, and back the, to Continental. I mean, he was. Right. When the funny thing um, about Bubba's run-in on Nitro is I was working at the paper then as a sports writer, and I did a wrestling column every week because this is the middle of the Monday Night Wars, really. Well, some guy calls me the next morning, and he's like, hey, did you see Bubba Cagle? And I said, who in the hell is Bubba Cagle? <laughs> you know, I had no idea who he was. And he said, he's that boy that jumped in the ring last night on Nitro. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. You need to talk to him and do a story, you know. And, like, I didn't do a story on Bubba jumping in the ring, but uh, it wasn't long after that that we actually met each other, uh, probably right after he graduated high school and, and became friends. Yeah. And uh, and I told him that story. I was like, I heard about you the, the morning after, man. <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh wasn't just star for a night. Yeah, right. That's right. I got invited to Rick and Bubba show. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I, well, I called, you know, just called. See, in. y'all are lucky that it even came in today. I'm telling after you. After being on that yeah. sort of. Radio, audio, yeah. royalty. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I all of a sudden I feel like I'm in the backseat. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, when I'm leaving juvenile, as I'm going to walk out of my dad's, and he is not happy, and uh, he's getting me out of there, and the ten o'clock news is on in the in the wa- in the waiting room, and there it is, <laughs> in the ring. And uh, going back to add another context to it, I had spring football practice that day, and Coach Bays, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, that he went on to be at Cordova, won championship there, but he was my coach. And uh, as I'm leaving a little, a few minutes early, I'm walking up the hill, and he hollers, "Gaggle, you better get on TV." <laughs> and uh, so, G- Coach Gay, Coach Jimmy Gay, had called him and told him uh, that Bubba had jumped in the ring. That I jumped in the ring with Hulk Hogan. He said he hung up on him. Said you're a liar, you know. So I walk in school the next day. I go in about second period, and everybody's in the hallway. And Coach Ackerman, who's like six foot eight coach, he just starts a slow clap, you know. And it's just like, <laughs> even our most conservative principal, uh, uh, who's George Harlan, I mean, he come around because I had the tape because yeah, I thought, hey, we'll see each other, you know, second row, you know, we had taped it. So, uh, I mean, that tape, I couldn't even, that tape was going around. It was at Trace Goose everywhere. I couldn't even get a hold of it, you know. Uh, and people can go find it on the WWE Network on Monday Nitro. It was May of 2000. May 1st. May 1st, 2000. That, so yeah. that's over 21 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So Dang. That's, that's still the biggest adrenaline rush of my life. I've yeah. skydived, but it didn't touch that. It didn't. I'd go back and do it all over again at 16. You wouldn't. I'd probably. I, I, might, I might try to tackle Hogan this time. <laughs> make it a little more famous. It's crazy the people that I met that I didn't know that I met since then. Yeah. And they, they were like, hey, that, that idiot. Uh, you know, at the time, they were like, hey, that idiot. And they find out later, years down the road, one of them ended up uh, being my brother-in-law, old Brad Corley. Uh, he was there. Uh, and uh, I was I, at the show that night, too. I was there. Well, my caseworker was, too. <laughs> <laughs> so when I go see my caseworker, she hits play because Doug Dillinger, if you remember Doug Dillinger, yeah. his security he wasn't too happy, so he sent the tape. Yeah, he was trying to get, I mean, oh, dang, 16-year-old kid, you really trying that hard? Yeah. And she was like, you're not going to plead in. You can't plead innocent because <laughs> I got this tape, and she said, also, I was there with my son. <laughs> uh, luckily, they said, I don't get no more trouble. Look, like, it was just a rush. Yeah. yeah. Like, See, what I what I needed 
is the footage of you getting carried out in the handcuffs because I feel like that's just as iconic as when all Steve Austin was getting carried out <laughs> right, in the handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's but not Bubba over. Vince. wasn't just jaw jacking, you know, like Austin was. You should. I would it, like it ain't to over, see my Hogan. face. I would not like to see my shot. face. <laughs> my dad, he walks. He he's so upset. I mean, he comes and he walks right through the entrance. They carried me beside there. He walked right through the entrance, and then they run him back out. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's my boy. Which yeah. was probably a good <laughs> thing he didn't get to me at that time because he wasn't coming back to check on me. Right. Uh, uh, he was. He was. Not very flattered at all because he thought, "Hey, my wife just lost her job." Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. But my my coach, when I got back the next day, he was uh, he sent me down. He said, "He said, what would you have done if we had a game Friday?" I said, "I wouldn't have done it. It was spring." And uh, <laughs> he said, "He said you were like a wild man." He's like, "I've never seen you like that on the football field." He said, "If you act, if you'll get like that on the football field," he said. We ain't gonna have no problems around here. He said, I've never seen you in a zone like that. He said he said, nothing mattered at that moment. I said, I guess it did, but uh it's sort of surreal looking back at it, but it That's, was fun, man. I mean, you see YouTube clips of like people jumping over the barricades and stuff. Like uh one of them was when <clears throat> I remember recently when the shield was together, this dude jumped over, he had on the bulletproof vest and all that, and he just stood by Seth Rollins and Seth just kinda looked at him. I was like Man, if that was the older days, yeah. he'd have been taking an elbow to the face. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Quickly. Joke. I'm lucky. I'm yeah. lucky. I'm lucky. <laughs> You're lucky Scott Steiner didn't get a hold of him. <laughs> I, you thought I, I, I ran and tried to slide that ring, but I'd have probably, I'd probably flipped out of there if I, now, I had to. Now, kid, I ain't never put anybody under the age 18 in a Steiner recliner, but there's a first <laughs> time for everything. Right. The fun would have ended quick. It did end quick, but it would have really ended quick. Uh, <laughs> He'd have got a hold of me. I'm glad. I'm glad he didn't get to me backstage. I mean, yeah. So has your transition into the ring gotten smoother? Yeah, got a lot better. <laughs> you know, I, I'm always scared of though that that Titus O'Neil thing, or just oh tripping, God, and falling, yeah. and busting my teeth or something <laughs> on that metal. I've always been scared. I'm going to do the Vince thing when I've tried to slide in and blow both my, mm-hmm. you know, both my quads out or something. It's crazy how we didn't know about that until like 10, 15 years later as to what actually happened. Right. Yeah. The um. Getting in the ring is more difficult than you think, too, especially when you're 43 years old and you've never jumped in a ring before. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, getting tossed out of it is a lot of fun, too, if you haven't done that a whole whole lot of times. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've been able to be on both ends of that now. Yeah, nowhere else in the world would I get through for a flip and land on my back on solid floor and be okay. I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so how would you classify your wrestling style? You technical, high flyer, brawler? Say I'm more, I'm more southern. I'm more southern style. Uh, just, uh, I'm definitely not a high flyer. Uh, <laughs> nope. Uh, He's got a back elbow off the drop, yeah. off the ropes. Yeah, 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 I do some, a little bit of that, and uh, a lot, a lot of strikes too. I do. Yeah. I like a lot of forearms. I, I like, I like to hit hard. I like to be hit hard. I'm, awesome. Uh, uh, his, uh, I, I like, I like to feel it. So. He's definitely strong style. Uh, some of his signature moves. Uh, I call it the Bubba to belly. Instead of the belly to belly, mm-hmm. and then uh, the hammerlock DDT. I, th- I think he's coming up with a name for that one. Even maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, past the jar fans, we need you to help Bubba come up with a wrestling move name. Right for a hammerlock DDT. Google it. Watch a YouTube video. Right. If you've been to New Era, help Bubba figure out this name. Yeah, we need a name for that hammerlock DDT. But uh, so who's? I know James has talked about the son of a plumber. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna get you to tell your luchador name here in just a second, but uh, what uh, who's your biggest wrestling influence? Uh, J- 
Jay mentioned earlier, Nightmare Danny Davis. I got, I can't get just give one. Nightmare Danny Davis, franchise Shane Douglas, and Sting, man. Yeah. Sting, man, uh, that's probably my all-time favorite. Uh, them three right there, hard to beat. Uh, I think uh, every one of them I took something from, uh, try to take a little bit from. Uh, I always somewhat I've, uh, I've wore the tassels a lot. That's a Shane Douglas thing. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I ain't never. I, at one point, I even donned a little face paint. Uh, Nightmare <laughs> Danny Davis and Sting. You know, face paint's cool, but uh, definitely those three right there. You can't. He thinks he thinks he's the Rock now. Like that's his. <laughs> that's his. We had a, a gimmick battle royal a couple years ago, where the guys dressed up. Bubble was the Rock. He thought he was the Rock. I was really dedicated. I went and shaved after my match. He did. He <laughs> shaved after his match that night. I didn't want nobody to know who I, who yeah. I was going to be. Yeah. I met Danny Davis at uh, WrestleMania Access one year. Oh, really? Yeah. It was pretty cool. Nightmare Danny Davis or Referee Danny Davis? Oh, shit. Yeah, Referee Danny oh, Davis. That's different. Uh, yeah, see. Got me confused right there. Oh, he was good, too. He was good. Yeah. He was, He's still, he was still a big dude. He's yoked. Yeah, he was big for uh, you know to be a referee to start with. You know who – he looks big on TV, but he's not as – he's bigger than what you think when you meet in person. That's Rusev. Or yeah. Miro. Yeah, he's big. Oh, my God. I met, I met him and uh, it's crazy. I got a picture with uh, Brody Lee mm-hmm. when he was with the Bludgeon Brothers, and it showed up in my time off not too far around, or not too close around behind me died. Right. I was like, man, was like, that sucks. He has such a good reputation with, mm-hmm. with everybody, and man, that was, that was very yeah, uh, very sad. It's cool to see uh, we got a son involved, and uh, yeah. Yeah, he's out there wearing the dark water mask yeah, and all that. That's probably uh, been therapeutic to that, that kid more than anything. Oh, you know? for sure. James, who's your biggest wrestling influence? And then I need your luchador name because you told me about it on Facebook one oh, night. Oh, man. Can I give two? Like, I, yeah. Ric Flair is obviously uh, a huge influence on me. Um, and, you know, like when I was a kid, Hulk Hogan was my hero. But then it really it turned to, man, Ric Flair can wrestle. He can talk. He's going out with ten women at one time, like right. You know, like wh- what teenager wouldn't want to be Ric Flair at that point? That's fair. Um, and then from a a style standpoint of of what I think I could be more like, um, really Jim Cornette. Like I think he's one of the best managers. Um, I don't really particularly like his personality, you know, now. But if you watch him, uh, when I got to be a heel that one night, I totally was doing the Jim Cornette just chicken crap you know yeah. like being as 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 terrible as possible you know uh so those are those are two big ones man his shoot interviews are because oh, yeah. you never know what he's gonna say no he's a loose cannon like for those of you that wondering what i'm talking about shoot interview is like this person talking how they really feel it's not scripted it's not a promo this is real like what we're doing today yeah what we're doing today uh now i i will tell you my luchador name real quick um for people who don't know, my dad um, is a plumber. My dad and brother both have a plumbing business. R&H Plumbing, call them yep. anytime. Haven's uh, been here a few times. 205-282-1918. I'll give them a plug. Free uh, ad. But my my name would be El Hijo del Plumero. That's a mouthful. Son of the plumber. Son of the plumber. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because James posted a picture of him in a luchador mask, and I was like, I need to know your luchador name. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, uh, we've got a guy that comes in sometimes uh, that we use as a, a mask luchador. He's a, kind of a chubby guy, and he goes by El um, El Pollo Diablo. 
He's a devil chicken. Devil chicken. Yeah. I know enough Spanish to know that's devil chicken. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you mentioned your influences, but let's go outside of the box. Outside of your influences, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? You want to go first? Uh, I think. I mean, that's tough. Um, I'll tell you somebody I was talking about the other night. We were watching the um, the Macho Man biography on A and E, uh, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. Like I don't know if he ever had a bad match. Ever had a bad match. Uh, and and seeing that match with Macho Man from WrestleMania three, but then thinking of the matches that he had with Flair, um, and he's one of my favorite guys. And he was always a face too. He never was a heel. Yeah. Um, so Steamboat's definitely one of my favorites. I probably had to go back to even know one of my influences, Sting. I mean, Sting was my all-time favorite. Yeah. You know, you're talking about the mask when he went to the white, the crow style face mm-hmm. paint and stuff. I bought one of those masks because I went to I went to Thunder one night, so I bought the mask. And then when he joined the Wolfpack, I intricately traced red electric tape and put that red electric tape over the black lines so wow. I could have the matching mask. Wow. That was my, probably the most artistic thing I've ever done. <laughs> but, uh, you know, believe it or not, CM Punk's probably my favorite wrestler of all time. CM Punk is on my list, top five yeah. for sure. He, I hate how he left WWE. Yeah. And I hate that he's not wrestling anymore. I got to meet him in Tupelo after a show. Nicest guy. Like, he, he sat and talked to me and Stone for 15, 20 minutes after the show. Yeah. Just awesome guy. And I mean, Bubba said he was a good guy when he met him, too. There's a few. There's a few that I met like access. So I was like, "You're a dick." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's always some. Ty Dillinger, biggest asshole. He looks in, like he would be. Yeah, biggest asshole in wrestling. Because like, <clears throat> I got a picture of him once when he was the perfect ten. So I was holding up the ten with him. So he snapped the picture. He's like, "All right, next." I was like, "I was gonna ask, tell you at least tell you thanks." Right. You didn't even tell. Give me time to get a word out. Right. Yeah. Nicest. Who's the nicest wrestler you've ever met? Or his name, uh, I, I may say Rhino. Rhino was a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Rhino was really good. He helped us out on a show because we'd had a. I'm just going to say who it was. Luchasaurus. We had booked him right before AEW starts off, and it was going to be hot. Yeah. Luchasaurus cancels on us like two weeks before a show, and so we're scrambling to find somebody with a name. And and Rhino is more than happy to come help. Matter of fact, he was going to take the weekend off. He owns a uh, marina. Yeah. And uh, he was going to take that weekend off, but he he did some solid and came on down. He was just great, man. He's just somebody. Uh, he bought one of my T-shirts. Like, I would have gave Ryan Dude. a T-shirt. Uh, and he's wearing it everywhere. I, I actually got a picture. Uh, somebody sent me. He was in Pakistan had it on. And uh, so uh, when I went to Impact last year in March, I went and carried him another one. I was like, hey. He tried to take a pro- film a promo with it, and they wouldn't let him because there wasn't <laughs> nobody working for them. But yeah. uh, he he's a really cool guy, man. He's just you know, if you message him, want to get contacts with anybody, he, he tries to hook us up and everything. Uh, he was really cool to work with Shane Douglas. Is, he was another one. He lived up to the height. You know, uh, heroes sometimes don't always do that, but yeah. he definitely did. Was real real down to earth. Yeah, I've always heard never meet your heroes. Yeah, yeah, they can be, they can be tough, you know. Yeah, um, I. I haven't had really a bad experience with with hardly any wrestlers, um, and I, I you know I've had the chance to interview tons of them over the years from working in sports and, and things like that. Um, my favorite is I got to spend about an hour and a half with Triple H one time. I had had a um, a knee surgery, and it was when he he had torn his um, elbow at the time. 
Yeah. And I was at Health South doing uh, physical therapy. And the guy comes over to me. It's my physical therapist. I had a Hulkamania shirt on. And he said, okay, I know you're a wrestling fan. He said, but you cannot freak out if I bring a wrestler over here. I said, dude, I'm good. I mean, I was like 24. I'm not going totally fanboy on yeah. somebody. So I said, I'm good, man. Who is it? And he said, Triple H and Stephanie, I'm fixing to bring them, put them at this table right by you. And my eyes just were huge. <laughs> and we sat and talked, and we just talked about wrestling. He was cool about it. I figured, you know, he would be the type who would want to sit and do that. Stephanie looks at us and goes, hey, you guys are, are handling this just fine. I'm going to step outside, you know. And so I got to talk to him. It was awesome. That's sick. I've heard a lot of people have kind of passed other people when they've gone to Dr. Andrews' place. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I uh, saw uh, Kevin Nash in there one time, too, but it wasn't an opportunity to sit and talk. But he walked through when I was having my rehab still, too. Really? As far as outside of me not being in the wrestling set and meeting uh, Mark Henry, he was in Birmingham, and I ran into him and uh, at a bar over there and got a guy introduced me to him. And just real cool guy, real down-to-earth, man. The biggest hands I've ever shook hands with, though. I felt like – a baby hand uh, <laughs> shaking his hand, uh, but he was really cool. Uh, you know when you know I told y'all before I went to New Orleans to uh, watch WrestleMania, and I was just I was on Bourbon Street with my dad and my brother. We were just walking walking through, and I saw this crowd of people just around this this person, and I. I was like, I'm trying to jump over because obviously I'm not tall in stature. I was like, I'm trying to see who that is. And it was Rusev. You know, it was when the Rusev Day was a big thing because shortly after they started chanting Rusev Day. Right. Somehow Aiden English had broken away from uh, from that crowd. And I saw him walking, like he was walking into a bar. And I was just like, I ran over there to him. I was like, because he, he like did bourbon stuff. And I'm a big bourbon guy. Right. I just ran over there to him. I was like, look, I'm not trying to take up much of your time. I was like, I love what you do in the ring, but I love your bourbon reviews. 10 million times more. He's trying. like, dude, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. He sat there and talked to me for like five minutes. Right. Like, he was just so super, like, genuine and nice. You know, most other wrestlers are like, hey, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. That dude, like, legit sat and talked bourbon with me for yeah. five minutes. And Anybody that we've brought into our shows have been, like, incredible to deal with our fans and stuff. They're always happy to meet fans, happy to take time. And they take time and really talk to them, you know. So that that's something that means a lot to me. They they don't come in and act like prima donnas, people who've been on big shows before, you know. Yeah, that's. Do you, have you met any independent wrestlers that haven't really, you know, kind of made it? They kind of rub you the wrong way, you know, as far as their attitude. There's been a few. I guess can't think of any. Uh, trying to think offhand, who would. Uh, there's always some that think they are better than what they are, or. or uh, Maybe they know they're good, and sometimes that's the worst thing you can do is know you're good. Yeah. Uh, I can uh, tell you from my side of it, um, it's not really when you meet them in person, but if you're talking to somebody, thinking about booking them for a show, and you know you got to talk money and things like that, some guys, they're going to throw out a number that they are not worth. You yeah. know, and Especially if it's some indie guy that has never been on television. Sorry, dude. You know, like you're you're coming to our show so you can get more exposure. Yeah. We're not bringing you in because the fans are going to be coming in to see you. Yeah, yeah a lot of them shoot themselves in the foot with that. Uh, you know, of course, these guys are never going to be able to get paid what they're worth uh, here in Jasper, Alabama. But uh, you know, I think the conversation is is pretty fair. But some of them, like you said, they I don't know. Maybe they think, oh, they're in Alabama. 
they're dumb hicks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's see if we can hit them up. Not this guy. Yeah. That's man. People's got to understand us in Alabama. We're not. We're not as dumb as you think we are, especially when it comes to business top stuff. Because we've probably had to learn it the hard way. And it, it don't help me with a name like Bubba. Yeah. Something like the. I mean, that's stereotypical. Well, I'm the most unstereotypical Bubba. I mean, I don't hunt. I don't fish. I'm, you know, I'm not country. I just may have a southern accent. But other than that, I think some people automatically sometimes see that and they think, oh, here we go. You know. Yeah. Your bougie country, as they would say. <laughs> uh, so, what's what's your favorite match of all time? I know that's tough. There's like a you know just a treasure trove. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of classic, uh, a lot of Sting Flare matches I'm really fond of, and a few Steamboat Flare, but uh, yes, uh, Dumb Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and uh, WrestleMania matches, and then uh, Shawn Michaels, even the Shawn Michaels Flare, because I just love that. You know, when Flair's telling him to, to go ahead and, and hit the sweet chin music and the Sean, the emotional. And I, and I know that emotion's real because, yeah. I mean, that is the end of Flair, you know what I'm saying? And he's the one having to do it, even though uh, it's a show. But uh, I guess th- those matches right there, man. Shawn Michaels, and late in his career, man, to have those matches he did and Undertaker to keep performing. And Flair, uh, those, those three stand out as far as – uh, the more recent, because the other ones I was probably more young, and you know I was younger and don't remember the details as much. Yeah. But uh, those those three matches right there. You know, before you go, before you go, James. You know what pissed me off about that was you created this whole special moment when Sean hit the "I'm sorry, I love you, I love you," and ends it. Well, then two years later, Ric Flair's over in freaking Impact Wrestling, right? right taking yeah. taking cuts, and, right? You know, hard hard Cause, falls because Flair then he's horrible. <laughs> He's not a very good person. He's <laughs> he's blew all his money and he and he's looking for the next payday. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's probably. You know, I got to meet Flair and him, him Flair was great to hang out with at, at Oakman one day at, at the bullpen. They were filming a commercial, and he was awesome that day. But that dude lives that lifestyle and always has. Like he was, he was kicking them back that day, and he was looking for somebody to hang out with. So, um, you know, he, and he he's throwing money around. I mean, I don't think it's been in the last few years. I think he was he was trying to get some legal suit against WWE for calling uh, Becky Lynch the man. Right. You oh know? yeah, yeah. I, don't I mean, he don't it don't matter to him. No. A dollar is a dollar. <laughs> what about you, James? Um, uh, you know, um, I've always said Sting and Flair at the first Clash of Champions is a is a great match. It's really kind of elevated Sting to who he was. Um, Steamboat and Flair at the Clash of Champions. It was in uh, New Orleans. Uh, that went to a draw. That was an incredible match. Um, I, I go back and forth on that Steamboat Flair and Steamboat Macho Man, but I really think Macho Man and Steamboat WrestleMania three, especially after watching the biography on Savage the other day, they had a hundred and sixty two steps in that match, and like they were talking about how Macho Man he didn't like to to you know he liked to go over everything meticulously, and he had a notebook that he wrote down every step that was going to happen in that match. And they went through all 167. It drove yeah. Steamboat crazy. Yeah, it did drive Steamboat crazy. Steamboat was used to not seeing Flair maybe a second before the match and going out there and wrestling 60 minutes. Right, yeah. right. <clears throat> but that was a that was a match. Watching it as a kid, you know, you watched that pay per view for Hogan and Andre, but yeah. that match stole the show so much that over the years you don't want to go back and watch Hogan and Andre. You want to watch uh, Steamboat and Savage because you can sit there and watch that whole Steamboat Macho Man match. Right. But they only play 
that 10 seconds right. of the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant match. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. That's yeah. rest I know wrestling's about the moments, but for us smarks, yeah. It's about the whole match. Right. Uh you know, I got like I've got an emotional favorite and then I've got like a legit just technical favorite and uh they're both kind of recent and they both involve CM Punk. Like it's just uh you know, the emotional favorite was CM Punk when he beat John Cena right. in Chicago. Yeah, that was a great match. I still go back and watch it. And I'll, I, I'll, sometimes I'll just watch the entrances yeah. just, to, just to hear that crowd pop when CM Punk's music hits and then just hear them change immediately to those heavy boos when Cena's hit. Right. And then, uh, believe it or not, like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, it was like over the limit. It was like, you know, one of those one-off pay-per-views where you have that one classic. You know, I'm trying to think outside of WrestleMania because you get a lot of classics at WrestleMania. Right. That CM Punk Daniel Bryan match was crazy. And then you got Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and uh, Triple H. Yeah. That, that triple threat. Yeah. That was a good match. My uh, my favorite that I've ever seen live was CM Punk and Daniel Bryan at a house show in Birmingham. And this was a house show. And they wrestled for 30 minutes and did a, a no DQ, um, no count out match where they went like legit at each other at a house show. And it was incredible. You know, know who else I like? Yeah. You, you know who yeah, house shows how I love house shows better than TV. They're way better than TV. Way better. Yeah. Because you get pure wrestling. You know who I like watching together? It's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, they're great. They really I mean they've been yeah. it's Kevin Steen and Gener- El Generico. Yeah. yeah, they've been wrestling like, each other for years. That chemistry, like they wrestled at this last WrestleMania WrestleMania and I thought that was the best match in all of WrestleMania yeah. this year. Yeah, out of two knots. Yeah. <laughs> uh you know, we talked about Ric Flair. You think Charlotte's gonna topple him as far as title numbers? I think she's going to have to just because she's already got so many and they're just going to keep putting the belts on her, you know. Um, I've, I've lost a lot of interest in Charlotte yeah. in the last year or so. You know, I think – I don't know what's going on with her outside the ring, but it seems like there's distractions that, you know, are not putting her at the top level. And Her boyfriend. I, I think it's a big big part of it. She's had some bad ones, yeah. you know. Uh, and then I, I, I miss Becky Lynch. Like, I yes. really – she really had turned it up there. You know who I really love, like in this new wave, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, she's. Good. Oh my god, I, I was she's about a... to mention the WrestleMania match with her and Charlotte. I love that match. I know it was in front of no, had no crowd, but man, that was me yeah, the best match of the uh, WrestleMania that year. Yeah. Now the ending pissed me off. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, she's she's got that. She carries herself like a star, mm-hmm. and she's... she's got the technical ability, and she's built different. Yeah, like, she is. She's a badass. Mm-hmm. She is. But uh. We'll jump into one of our last segments. Uh, Shane had to leave us, but uh, so we're going to carry on without him. But what is something you would like to see take place with New Era or just in the Walker County wrestling scene altogether? Like, what's something you'd like to see happen in the next year, two years, or five years? What's a long-term plan or short-term, short-term goal? First of all, we are the Walker County wrestling scene. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of places to say they're the best at whatever, you know. And we, I joke around, and we are we are the best at what we do. And if people come to our shows, they see that. But Bubba, I'll let you. Uh, what do you, What do you think? Uh, I mean, I mean, there's a couple of things. Maybe even uh, branching out a little bit in in some other areas. Uh, but I I would like to see us uh, have our own our own building, our own venue that we could really call home and really uh, can up the production side of things as far as the lighting and the entrance. Because I'm. I love that aspect, man. You're talking about – you go back and watch those shows, just watch the entrances. I love – that's that's what I love about WrestleMania. I love the new gear. I'm big on new gear, yeah. especially on big shows and the entrances. And I, I think that would really 
that would really amp up our game if we had somewhere to call a, a real home base. Uh, you know, Swan Gym and uh, uh, all the gyms around the county that we've used have been have been very good for us. But I think when we could finally up that production side of things, I think we could really uh, really uh, amp it up. You know, I think uh, that's a very important part. Of it. As a fan, I'm to be honest, and uh, I'm not a very I'm not a music guy, but I love a concert for the environment. I love yeah. the event, uh, and it's sort of like that that aspect. That'd be awesome. Oh, my gosh. Have your own, like, just your bubble, kind of like uh, what AEW is doing right now. Right. In that one, the one setting. Thunderdome sucks. I'm just going to throw that out Yeah, there. it does. It's terrible. Uh, WWE, I don't know what they're trying with that. The only, the only uh, arena of theirs that has any kind of good qualities is the, is the Capitol Wrestling Center or whatever. Uh, for NXT, we're yeah. having some live fans in there, but I, I can't stand the Thunderdome thing. I, I mean, it's, but I'm to the point where I don't like a whole lot of WWE anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been turning into NXT a lot more than I have Raw and SmackDown. I have too. Like I like when WrestleMania rolls around, that's about the only time I'll really kind of start paying attention to what's going on because I don't want to just be sitting there lost. Right. I fast forward through the shows each week, but I sit and watch NXT and I sit and watch AEW. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm either I'm I'm totally opposite there because I'm I'm an Impact Wrestling guy. I, I when WCW I was a WCW guy NWA, and then when WCW went away, you know it was a few years and TNA started back. Uh, actually, went the first, you know, they had the first show in Huntsville, they taped the first two shows. Yeah, and uh, I don't know I'm a loyal guy, and I've been with them from the beginning. I've been through some rough years, and they they've been putting on some good shows the last couple of years. It's not they don't have the platform they once did. And they give some guys some opportunities. Like we was talking about the X Division match, uh, the guy that came in, Ace Austin. That's the guy you're going to be hearing about. People are going to be hearing about. He's just uh, – he's young. I mean, he's in the early 20s. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he's only 22 or something like that. Uh, I mean, he, he's great, man. And he's just got it character-wise. And uh, he's going to do big things. And they're only going to be able to hold on to him for so long. And I But I think they finally realized, hey, this is where we're at right now. We're that stepping stone. We develop talent, and it gets plucked. You know, but uh, and they've been able to continue replacing guys and replacing guys, and they're giving a lot of guys some shots off the independent scene. Uh, yeah, as well, that's like one of our guys that comes in all the time. I mean, he's like family to us now. Is Larry D, and he's on Impact. Um, and he had been wrestling for what 16, 18 years, and never got that shot. And now he's on Impact, and and people love you know the character that he has. He's outstanding when he comes to our shows. He draw he gets people so mad, um, and he can be just a jerk, yeah. you know, out there in front of the crowd. But he does a great job with it. I and think we was we was the first uh, company to book him on. I mean, in the South at all. I mean, he's in Kentucky and uh, yeah. based out of there. And then uh, I think he gets a lot of bookings down this way now. Uh, just uh, this hardworking guy. We finally finally made it, you know. And it's pretty cool when you see somebody like that, especially when you know they've been in it that long. That, Sort of give old fella like me a little hope every now and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, I'm excited for him. Like I said, he comes down. He really amps up our show. Uh, I agree with Bubba on the um, getting a venue would be really cool. A um, couple other things. And, and improving our, our production is definitely somewhere we want to improve. I'd like to see us, uh, with with us having the, the contacts that we have at, at uh, Impact and at a couple other – uh, I'd like to see us maybe do an Impact Plus show out of out of Jasper. I think yeah. that'd be huge. Um, Very much so. I've also had some conversations with some AEW folks um, about when they get out of this COVID type thing, they're wanting to do some shows in in areas that already have promotions running shows. 
And so we've had some talks with them about maybe partnering with them to come into Jasper to do a show, you know, twice a year or something. Well, that that really worked good if we had our own building. So, I mean, you're uh, – Hey, y'all come here. Right, you come here right, and do this yeah. there. Uh, and we'll put on some crazy matches sometimes, too. Like, we're not just – it's not just a single match or a tag team match. Like, we've had ladder matches. We've had cage matches. One thing that I really want to try to get is we want to have a war games match and a legit two rings, two cages war games match. That is probably my favorite. I was so happy when NXT brought that back a few yeah. years ago because – I remember sitting and watching the first one. It was when Undisputed Era right. and stuff was in it. And Kevin Owens made his return. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Because then I went back and watched some of the older War Games matches. Oh, man. Those, yeah. the, the original War Games in like 1987? Yes. Those were some of the best matches. They were so awesome. Dusty Rhodes is the one who came up with a match. Mm-hmm. And most of these gimmick matches that you see nowadays, Dusty played a role in it. Um, and, man, it's so good. And if we could get... We have such a tension building right now in our storylines that I really feel like if if we don't have a, a war games or something of that nature to to wrap that all up, we're gonna miss an opportunity because yeah. I mean it's it's huge the tension that's building and and some of it is building even between the two guys that are talking right here. <laughs> and there's nothing uh, that's one of the biggest draws around here is a cage match anyway, but war games I'm telling you that. Do big, yeah. I was happy when Cody kind of kind of gave him like a, that good nudge, like yeah, yeah, go ahead and do it, yeah. Which he's him and Dustin are pretty much the ones carrying that legacy at this point, right? I love I love AEW, and uh, you know, speaking about Impact, like I remember when like, Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe and AJ and all them, like there for a while it was a lot better than WWE. Yeah, yeah. There was some times where it was better than WWE, and I, I think now there it's I. I compare it more to like NXT. There's a lot of young guys um, that are looking for a chance, and they're hungry. And it, I mean, they they have some good shows. There's good good writing on it. Um, that's the thing with me. I can't sit through Raw or SmackDown. I just it, I sit there, and I man, I don't have a problem with my ego for sure. Or anybody that knows me, but I can tell you for a fact that I can write a better wrestling show than you see on Mondays and, and Fridays yeah. right now. And when they cut all those wrestlers. You know, starting last year for COVID, dude, I marked out when Good Brothers showed up on that pay per view. Right. Yeah. I love the, I love those two guys. I listen to their podcasts and stuff. Yeah, I, they're I, hilarious. I love them. But uh, Samoa Joe, you mentioned there. Uh, yeah, he got released. Uh, so he might be a name that out. you see in Jasper too. I'm just saying. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't guess I. You know, I, I talk about seeing Punk a lot. Samoa Joe is one of my favorites, dude. Like on the mic. You know, some of the promos he cut with his feuds with AJ right. and WWE. Yeah. Whole, like, I can't believe they let him go that far. Right. I was like, this is this is what I needed. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, you talked about tr- hoping to get a venue and all that kind of stuff. But what's your plans for the rest of this year? The latter half of 2021 that we're kind of breaking loose from that pandemic. The P word. I think James would agree with this. First off, don't go against Alabama football. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which we, is possible. No. We don't book shows <laughs> on the same nights as Alabama and LSU. <laughs> Uh, well, some some games like that. I'm just interested to uh, what we can, how we can finish out some of these things that we've had going. You know, some of these storylines have been a couple years uh, in the making and slow build, and uh, that we if we can if we can pull off some things to finish those off to create some really big moments. Uh, also, like to see maybe possibly having you know adding a few shows instead of this month. They may maybe add one here and there, maybe three four extra a year. Really help with the storyline progression and as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think um, just continuing to do what we do, we have, uh, I'm, I'm just proud of us. I'm really proud. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's another um, indie group, and I don't think there's one in Alabama for sure that, that does what we do, but I, I would put us up against anybody. And, and you hear fans come in, and, I mean, there's people who've never been to a wrestling show that shows up just because they've heard it's fun. And then they leave saying they're addicted to it, and they'll be back every time, and they have been. Or or you got wrestling fans who have been coming to these shows for years and years and years, and after every show they come up to me and they say, man, that's the best show that y'all have done. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think so, but how do I keep topping that? You know, How do we yeah. keep pushing that envelope? And it's all about bringing in fresh talent and giving people what they want, and, and the fans make our shows, really. They really do. You're not just sitting there pulling names out of a hat as to who's wrestling who that week. Right, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't, like, you know, I've watched behind-the-scenes stuff and just listen to you talk. Like, there's a lot that goes into putting a show together. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's more than uh, – it's a lot of work. You don't got 27 producers like WWE no, has. No, we <laughs> That's don't. why I think it's so screwy. <laughs> you don't have access to everybody. You might have them this month, but you might not have them next month. Uh, and, when yeah, time. like when we're booking top talent, you know, everybody across the, not just the Southeast, but the country wants these people that we're bringing in. So there's a lot of times where we're trying to tell them three or four months in advance, hey, we need you this date, this date, this date, and this date, you know, to, to get that storyline through. Uh, but, it, man, it's so much fun. Like, I just, I it has changed my life to be able to be involved in a wrestling company like this. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I always wanted and I always thought I could do, and now I know I could have done it at a different level and been just as good. But being able to bring family entertainment to the, the county that I love and the county that I call home and the county that Bubba loves and he calls home, that's really what it's about for us. Like yeah. nobody's nobody's making any money off this thing. Uh, this is this is to give our community something they can be proud of and to come to. And and we really do affect the economy. Like I mean, we're bringing in two three hundred fans every show and and then wrestlers too from all over. They're stopping. They're buying gas. They're eating food. Some of them are staying in hotels. Like. That's a lot of money being brought in yeah. to to Jasper. I'm really proud of what you guys are doing. Like you know, you, you I threw shade, you threw it back when you told me I haven't been to a show yet. Right. But, uh, you know, maybe Shane and I can come in one day and you know teach us how to take a bump. We'll, we'll film it for our YouTube channel. <laughs> I think we can <laughs> probably it. make that happen. But uh, before we uh before we go, we got two more segments. We're gonna run through these real quick. Wrestling themes are iconic like you know who's coming out as soon as that first chord hits so we'll start with james and work work our way around the table your top five wrestling themes from we'll go from five to one so your number five to your number one i'm glad you warned me but um man there's some good ones and i'm gonna forget somebody uh i'm gonna say dx is number five uh i love just that sound when it first takes off you know um i'm gonna say the um the NWO theme is probably no, yeah, yeah. The NWO theme is probably number four. Um, Real American is number two, no, number three. I, I, sorry, I, I didn't do well at math at the door. <laughs> um, number two is Ric Flair Space Odyssey, um, and number one is um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, you hear that glass, and that's just it. Yep. That's not even a chord. It's just a noise. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many more. There's there's Walls of Jericho. There's there's The Rock. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many that are good that you just hear and automatically know it. But those those are probably the ones I think of the most. What about you, Bubba? 
I, I could use some of the same ones, but I'm going to try to be different uh, since he already used them. I uh, stole some of both. <laughs> uh, Shawn Michaels, I think that's a very distinguishable one. Uh, sexy boy there. Uh, uh, I like I like Macho Man's old WWF thing. You know, it was, it was different. Yeah, uh, it was circumstance. Yeah. Uh, I said some sting guy, the Crow Sting. Uh, I, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, let me see. Uh, probably Rock Man. This that uh, that excitement when the Rock's music hits. Uh, and then uh, number one's gonna have to be the Undertaker because it still gets me to this day. Yeah. I mean, it still, yeah. Brings that emotion, that feeling to this day. Yeah, as soon as you hear that gong, it's like it's hair on the back of your neck standing yeah. up. You know. So. All right, so I'll try to be different too. You know, since we've said there's so many. Yeah. Uh, number five, CM Punk's cult of personality. Yeah, it's man. Cool. You know, awesome. when that dun, 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 hits, I was like, yeah. Number four is the Hardy Boys. When you like when they came out at Wrestle when they came back at WrestleMania a few years ago. Yeah. I was freaking out. Number three, I'm gonna have to go diesel. You hear that? You hear the horn horn, uh-huh. horn yeah, horn honk. horn honk. honk. <laughs> well, you hear the horn honk, and you're like, "Yep." You know, I'll have to say uh, Chris Jericho because we hear the snap track hit before break the walls. Number one, man, my top one's tough. That's, it's, I mean, I don't know how it's not Stone Cold. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to be with Bubba though because I heard it in person for the first time as a grown man. Yeah, was the Undertaker. Yeah, that's that good. gong when I heard it at WrestleMania. I was like, I never thought because I, I looked at my dad and he looked at me and we, my dad and I are like the same brainwaves. We looked at each other and I said, I thought I'd never hear this in my life right. in person. Right. And my dad's he, I could see tears in my dad's eye because like, we've been Undertaker fans forever. So at that first WrestleMania in New Orleans, when that gong hit, even yeah. though the streak broke, that was a moment with my dad. You know, there's a lot going on with my dad health wise right now, and that's one of those things when you know his time is punched right here on Earth. That's one of the moments that you know I'm always going to go back to. Yeah. So yeah, Undertaker's number one. Wow. Um, I you know not take away from Kane too. Yeah. You know, Kane's I thought great. about that. Soon. That organ hits. Yeah. As, as I got done with this, I thought about Kane. And we didn't. We didn't mention Randy Orton. Yeah, Randy Orton's one. Edge. I hear voices. Edge, Edge. Yeah. Shane. Yeah. Shane may have had a top five to fill us in too. Yeah, he had a few too. That's wrestling theme music. You know, I told y'all I had every CD that they put out and stuff, and that was so to me. To me, the the entrance themes that's that adds so much to that character. Right, it does. But uh, we're gonna close this out real quick. You got forty five seconds. You got an event coming up in June, correct? Right. We're just, we'll be just finished with May when this comes out. And, uh, you know, we've kind of suggested at it a few times throughout the show is that Bubba and I have been really, really good friends for 15, 20 years now. And for some reason, Bubba punched me in the face back several months ago that I, I still have not gotten uh, completely over that as a friend. <laughs> Um, just knocked me flat on my butt, and uh, so we're still we're still working through that. Uh, I think there's still a friendship there, but when we get to the ring and we will get to the arena, there's not a whole lot of shaking hands or smiling at each other right now. You know, insert Mean Gene Bubba. How'd you feel when you you punched your friend in the face? 
I think he's been wanting to do it a while. Let me just go ahead and say <laughs> that. It felt damn good, I guess you'd say, because uh, a face like that, they, there's a lot of people in Walker County who would like to hit that face and uh, get to be be the one to do it. Uh, and I guess the reaction of the fans was really uh, seeing seeing them kids didn't expect it. You know, they know me and James are friends. James, like I said, I feel like he stacked the decks against me. I feel like I'm the I'm the backbone of New Era. I feel like I do all the grunt work. He comes in and takes the credit for it, just like he did the executive producer of the uh, the tornado video in Cordova. Uh, I sort of, you know, like I told him, I told him in Lupton, I said, uh, I don't see your wife, I don't see your kids picking up, helping carry this ring, working the concession stand. When it's all said and done, I'm the one putting out the posters. I'm the one putting in the grunt work, and James Phillips is doing what he does taking credit for everything. James, anything you have to say about that? You know, um, I have joked that I'm the draw of uh, of New Era Wrestling, and it's because people probably did want to see me get punched, you know. But I've been on my best behavior. I have um, helped my friend along the way. He, uh, he asked me to put together uh, matches for him that were the best I could find. So I went out and I found Jake Christ and I found Larry D and I found Shane Douglas and all these guys, you know, that he wants to wrestle. Well, hey, I brought him in. He wrestled them. And now, um, you know, I think we're just working towards an area where Bubba has, has gotten involved with a couple of guys, uh, Cody Wyndham and Ace Haven. Uh, they've, they've formed this little clique and, uh, they think they can run the show because they have all the belts right now. But I'm the guy that owns the company. I own the belts. They just holding the belts. Bubba, what's the way you plan to stick it to the man? Closing statement. Well, I got I got some things in the work I don't wanna wanna let the cat out of the bag. But James Phillips, he, he thinks he thinks he's got the plan. He he got he knows what's gonna stop me, but uh at the end of the day, he has no idea what's to come. Gentlemen. I've appreciated this so much. This has been so fun. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you, man. Yeah, this, I, when you first mentioned this several months ago, I was like, "Yeah, we got to do that." And that was before I got punched in the face. So <laughs> uh, then I, you know, I think it was still good for us to get together. Uh, we can we can remain civil most of the time. That's why it's got Definitely. hot in here. The tension. That's right. The tension's building. I'm sweating. Folks, go check out New Era Wrestling. Meet the owner. Mr. James Phillips, make their champion, Mr. Bubba Cagle. Gentlemen, any word of positivity to the people of Walker County before we close out? I just want to say thank you guys. Uh, thanks to the crowd that comes out to our show. There's a lot of people who, who don't make it to the show that still support us and let people know, you know when we're having things and what's going on. Uh, and that's been what has built uh, what we've been able to build is, is the people who have gotten behind us. Uh, they see the hard work that we all put into it. Uh, and honestly, I'm a very, very small part of what happens every uh, second Saturday. It's the people that get in that ring on a monthly basis, and it's the people who, who do work the concession stand or work the table selling tickets. You know, it takes everybody for this thing to come together, and it comes together every time, even if we're kind of worried about before the show starts. We're a lot of times I'm sitting there thinking, are we ready for tonight? And then it all goes without a hitch and it's great. So, uh, you know, it's really the fans 
and the other people and, and just being able to build a family um, away from my own family. Uh, my family loves coming to it, uh, but to be able to, to become family with some of these guys and, and ladies that come in, it's just awesome. I love it. Love every second of it. I had to agree with James. Uh, Got to give the credit to the fans. They may not be uh, particularly fond of me at the moment, but I will say I never turn my back on them. Bubba they turn sucks. <laughs> they turn their back sucks. on me uh, with a little egging from uh, James Phillips. But uh, definitely they make it. You know, uh, you hey, know the fans made the decision of who the who the face was. Um, it wasn't me. It wasn't Bubba. Bubba punched me. They could have cheered for him, <laughs> but they didn't. They booed him because they loved me. I really thought it. they was going to, but uh, like I said, it it. Uh, you know, we're all hopped up before the show. You know, we're waiting and uh, we're ready. We're getting ready. We're getting dressed and everything. But what really matters is when we look out. We look out that curtain and see, see if the people's there. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, like I said, and you can find us on Facebook, New Era Wrestling slash Alabama. Uh, also on YouTube. I'm telling you, uh, we just had a video hit more views than we had ever had besides Papa Pump. Uh, our, our show, our most recent show uh, back in April. And then, uh, our subscriber count has doubled, so just go and subscribe. New Era Wrestling, Alabama on YouTube and Facebook. Like us if you will. Uh, more likes, more shares, more money for me. Likes, <laughs> likes, and shares help your friends out more than you will ever know. It really does. So yeah. if you support New Era Wrestling, if you see their video, like and share it. You know, it's going to reach somebody. It's going to create a new fan. We Same. we got comments from Germany on our last show. It was really? crazy. Yeah, to see somebody. And it just continues to expand. Worldwide. Yep. New era worldwide. We don't do anything halfway. Hey, that's that's the way we do it in Walker County, baby. Ain't nothing halfway. That's right. We go going balls to the wall. Well, gentlemen, thank you for coming on. Uh, like I said, I, I really appreciate this. Uh, we're getting close to the end of season three. It's been a good season. And I, I got to always have James Phillips over here. I'm glad he could bring a friend <laughs> this time. But, Next uh, time I'll bring a better friend that doesn't stab me in the back. <laughs> Folks, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Uh, go polish up on your wrestling skills. Go go listen. Go watch New Era Wrestling. It's fun. It's every second Saturday of the month. For the most part. Yeah, yeah. most of the time. We have to change a little bit during football season because yeah. we don't want to compete with Alabama. But I think most of the time. Coming up Saturday. in June is, is it the third Saturday? June's going to be the third Saturday. It's going to be the uh, 19th of June, I think is what it is. Is it going to be a Lepton or Swan? Swan June. Okay. Folks, a couple of weeks away, go see them. Ticket prices ain't out the roof. You're not going to BJCC, baby. That's right. Go see them. Go support your local boys. $15 for uh, front row and then uh, $10 for – or no, $12 for general admission. And we let kids who are six and under uh, get to come in free. So. General admission. Yeah. Just don't – General just, admission. Don't start no stuff with a valet. All right? That's right. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do cross that, that rope. <laughs> but, folks, as always, if that jar's not empty – Pass that thing around. Love your neighbor. Talk to someone different than you. And we'll see you next time on Pass the Jar.